Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. A man goes missing after fleeing a police chase, half-naked, into the woods. Or was it really even him? And if it wasn't, what happened to him? Brennan Raymond Simulki, 27 years old, lived together with his mother and her boyfriend in an apartment complex in Waveland, Mississippi. It was a small town and you'd have to do quite a bit of driving to really get anywhere. Brennan had just recently been released from prison a few months prior. With that, combined with being covered in tattoos and having a criminal record, he was having a hard time finding a job. He had a rough time coming up to say the least. His family lost their entire home to a fire when Brennan was only three years old. They moved only to lose their new home to Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Brennan had two older brothers who were twins, but sadly one of the twins passed away due to brain cancer when Brennan was young. Brennan often moved back and forth between staying with his mom and his dad as they had separated. But sadly in 2018 he lost his father as well, also to cancer. As a consequence, he got really close with his remaining family and kept in contact with them most of the time. But unfortunately, he got mixed in with the wrong crowd and got kind of into the drug scene, uh, even dealing. He was consistently in and out of prison since the age of 17, always on charges either related to drugs or failing to show up in court. He had multiple prison sentences throughout his short adult life. In his last prison stint, while in jail, other inmates often tried to persuade him into joining their gangs. Brennan hated the idea of being in a gang and adamantly refused each time. However, it was something that was deeply concerning to him. Eventually, he was released and went back to living with his mother. Normally, things went pretty well and they got along just fine. Until Brennan had two friends over one night. A male friend named Chris and a female friend named Kayla. Brennan's mother had fallen asleep on the couch one evening, but soon woke up to the noise of a ruckus going on in the bedroom. She ran in to check on the noise and found that Brennan had both Kayla and Chris trapped in a headlock. He soon threw them onto the bed as soon as she came into the room. Brennan would not stop trying to hit Chris. Missy told all three of them to leave or she would call the police. Brennan's social circle was not the best group of people. They were all into drugs to some extent, with a good number dealing, and a good number in gangs as well. To be specific, many of them were in a gang called the Simon City Royals. Despite Brennan's hardline stance against gangs, he did keep them around as friends. The Simon City Royals are a prison and street gang that originated in Chicago. They are, however, currently the fastest growing gang in Mississippi. Several of Brennan's friends were members of the gang, despite the fact that he wasn't a member himself. His friend, Kayla, that he had in a headlock previously, was known to be a member of this gang, as well as Chris, the other one that he had headlocked. For a very short while, things were peaceful, but eventually Brennan came back home after about 30 minutes. He had forgotten his backpack when he left in a hurry earlier and mainly wanted to come quickly pick it up. He took that backpack everywhere with him. This would be the last night that she would see him. 
He told her that he was going to Sunflower Street in the Bayside Park community where a friend lived. This area was known for its drug and gang activity. Missy felt that he was giving her some time to cool down after the earlier incident. He would stay at friends' places often, so it wasn't unusual. He would often give the name of a street rather than a certain residence to kinda keep it vague when he was telling people where he was going. However, what was unusual was that he wouldn't respond to any of her messages. Later that night, July 24th of 2019, a sheriff's deputy from Hancock County tried to pull a car over. But when this car saw the cops coming, it sped off. A police chase ensued. And lucky for us, someone was able to capture this on some terrible quality vertical cell phone footage. Oh shit, it's been riding down. Yeah, buddy. Which one of you in Hancock County done fed up? He going off, look, going off in the grass. He trying to run. This stupid. This stupid. Oh, the officers chased the car all over the highway until ultimately ending up on Interstate 10 East. It seems that the driver blew the motor on the car, causing him to pull over onto the shoulder. The driver hopped out of the car and ran, but was caught by cops fairly quickly. The man in the passenger seat stayed put in the car and, of course, was also caught. The third passenger, however, wearing no shirt and no shoes, ran off into the woods. The police firmly believe that the third passenger was Brennan. The driver of the car even said that he believed Brennan was the third man in the car but could not confirm it, somehow. The passenger also said that he believed it to be Brennan. Unfortunately, from the low quality of this video, it is impossible to make out any sort of identifiable features that could confirm it was him. If this was him, it was the last time anyone would ever see him. In the car, the officers found a small bag on the driver's side floor containing what they called a crystal-like substance. Brennan's mother, Missy, was pulled over herself on the highway while driving a few days later. However, it wasn't for a violation. The officer wanted to talk to her about her son. She had heard rumors that he was the third man to flee from the car, but didn't believe he would do something like that. Upon being shown the video, she watched it multiple times. But after multiple replays, she concluded that she didn't believe the man on the video was him. I know my son well enough, she said. She feels he would have contacted her if something like this was happening. There were no searches performed for Brennan aside from the small groups that the family was able to form. Those small groups never did find anything in the woods either. No bodies and no signs of any human activity at all. The streets soon exploded with rumors about what happened to Brennan. There were so many different rumors flying around that nobody really knew what to believe. Brennan had tattoos on his back, but no marks are visible in the video. At this point, police started saying that he did indeed have a shirt after all. The quality of the video leaves this vague. Other people began saying that Brennan wasn't even in the car at all, and that the runner wasn't him. The passenger in the car went to jail for a few months, and after he got out, he changed his story as well, saying that no, it was not Brennan in the car. The night Brennan disappeared, many people tried sending him messages on Messenger. All of them remained unread. 
However, at 2.39 a.m., roughly six hours after he vanished, his account was used to call someone. Missy was able to get in touch with the woman who received the call, and she said that the person who called her was not Brennan. The passenger of the car came to say that a man named Sean was indeed the third passenger in the car that night. When it came to height, build, hairstyle, and length of hair, he and Brennan were virtually indistinguishable from each other. Sean didn't have the tattoos, though, but again, in the horrible quality video, you can't tell if this blob of a human has any tattoos. In September of 2019, Brennan's family and friends gathered together one Sunday night to have a candlelight vigil for him at Veterans Memorial Park in Waveland. Missy doesn't feel that Brennan is alive. I don't believe he's here anymore, she said. I just don't feel him. I believe he was murdered. If my son was here, he would have contacted me. On August 8th of 2019, Brennan's family filed a missing persons report. The police began investigating it as a missing persons case without any suspicion of foul play being involved. Later on, Missy was having her car worked on. The man who worked on her car was an associate of her son's. He told her that he was with the other people in the car that night that Brennan disappeared, and that they had actually dropped Brennan off at someone's house on St. Louis Street before the others ever got into the chase. This was at the home of a woman that Brennan knew. This same woman had tried to call Missy on the night of the disappearance, but her signal wasn't good enough. The man who had told her this had gone to jail very shortly after the incident happened, and during that time he just simply forgot to tell her about it. Obviously, this story cannot be confirmed. On October 6th of 2019, a grim message was posted to Brennan's Facebook page. How are you sleeping? You know I'm coming for you, it said. Understandably, the comments on this post ranged from concern to shock. Many made theories on who could have made this post, but to this day, we still aren't sure. Then later on in January 22nd of 2020, an audio clip was posted online by the group Anonymous. At this point, I'm going to assume most of you already know who they are. In this audio clip, several women are speaking of disposing Brennan's necklace and watch. One of the women in the group was determined to get incriminating evidence on audio. I don't think it should be handed over. I think it needs to be gone. I think I was going to put my mother up. I think it's gone. I think there's a fucking picture of Miss Missy's goddamn fucking Facebook of her wearing that goddamn fucking watch. wearing that fucking watch that I was murdered. All I know is I was asking her because she probably didn't know anything. The watch wasn't Brennan's. What's in that class though was? You can clearly hear them admitting to having Brennan's possessions. He had on him the night he was murdered. When we listen farther along in this audio clip, we can hear them talking about a man called G. His real name is Jeremy. Bruce Hyde. They claim that Hyatt was associated with the Royals, claiming he lives in New Orleans and owned a white truck that was used to haul away Brennan's body. Who is G? Like, uh, like, 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 like,
It's such a shame that all of these people will sit and talk about Brennan's death and disappearance, but they will not come forward and tell Brennan's family or the authorities what they know. This is a selfish act, and we have no pity on any of you. We know who each one of you are, and we will soon release your identities to the public. This video has been made so it can be sent to the police and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. For analysis, we would like to let it be known that we have been told by inside informants with the Royal Scan where Brennan's body was left. We will also release this information to the investigators covering this case. In the audio itself, not much information is shared. Brennan's name is mentioned a few times, but never in a completely incriminating sort of way. Much of the time, it's hard to make out what they're saying at all. Anonymous claimed to be able to release even more evidence to the sheriff after the video went public. The video was viewed only about 5,000 times before it was taken down. That morning, Missy woke up to about 500 messages on Facebook and people blowing up her phone. The sheriff's investigators claimed that they had learned nothing new from this video. There wasn't anything I haven't heard before, said the chief investigator. Anonymous never ended up sending anything to the investigators, according to them. Supposedly, the woman who recorded these conversations, known only as Lisa, had a habit of recording those around her in hopes that she could get some information that she could use to her advantage later. But it was actually a person that borrowed her phone that ended up releasing this particular audio file. This, however, is also just hearsay. In short, this video made quite a splash, but wasn't taken too seriously in the end. There just wasn't enough to back it up. The person who uploaded the video claims to be a member of Anonymous, as previously stated. They say that they are concerned about gang activity and are working on solving Brennan's disappearance. They claim that the women in the video are part of a local branch of the previously mentioned national gang, the Simon City Royals. One of the most prominent rumors about his disappearance involves Kayla, the member of the Royals that Brennan had in a headlock and threw onto the bed that night. It is said that assaulting Kayla could have been a death sentence to him, as putting hands on her was strictly off-limits. If this is the case, it's likely he met a very dark fate that night. The sheriff's office has put more than a thousand man-hours into this investigation since Brennan disappeared. They still believe that he is the man who fled the car that night. They're still open to more evidence, though, saying that they themselves would like to get some closure on this. Missy feels that he wasn't in the car that night, and that he was also no longer alive. At this point, she just wants to bring his body home and get some closure as well. If he was still here, he would have contacted me because he knows, from when his brother died, that my biggest fear is someone's going to knock on my door. If Brennan really did simply flee the police chase that night, why would he never resurface again, even to tell his family that he was okay? If something happened to him in the woods, why was no trace ever found? If the gang took care of him, would all involved really be able to keep it a secret, and could the body be hidden that well? 
Hopefully, someday, we'll have an answer. Brennan Smolke is a 27-year-old white male. He is 5'11 and 145 pounds. He has short, brown hair and blue, hazelish eyes. He sometimes wears glasses. His chest, back, and arms are covered in tattoos, and his last name, Smolke, is tattooed across his chest. Once again, this has been your host, Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.